0: Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com/panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of Conspiracy Characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitchtv Media. Find our full schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. I like to think that I'm smart enough to not eat a Tide Pod.
1: welcome to Down Ballot. We do this show live once again every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And then after that is, as always, a local love. What's up, the councilman?
2: Uh, we are back in the swing of things. Doing a thing on the local scene. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, listener and viewer, and all of our brethren out there uh, in Down Ballot land. We love to see you. We love to hear it. We love to have you. We love to feel you. i um, really excited to uh, let y'all know that uh, the good wife and I have uh, have welcomed a new addition to the the family, the bad baby. Uh, <laughs> the, bad baby. And, uh, the, and the bad baby has been taking up lots of our time um, by, by uh, literally sucking on the teat of her mom. Um, so uh just came from that, actually. It was, was quite revealing. Um, anyway, that's taking up most of our time right now. But I'm really glad to get my head back in the headspace of Down Ballot and our local political scene because there's been a lot going on.
1: Well, congratulations to the both of you. I know you've been thinking about it for a while, and I know it's been, to some extent, a bumpy road. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that y'all are y'all are having a baby during like, fucking when San Jose feels like fucking Iraq or something. It's so fucking hot. Did your baby yeah, melt exactly. yet? Do you need another baby? Did it melt?
2: Uh, no, and we can't take this one back, even if we don't like it. So, um, unfortunately, there's no there's no returns. Um, no, we're, we're we're not melting quite yet here. We don't. Uh, we have AC, but we haven't had to use it yet. Although I'm sure um, we might get into it very soon, just to regulate things a little bit. It was quite a, a scorcher today, up in the 90s. So, hope everyone stayed cool. Got your nice cool beverages. I've got a nice beverage to relax with here, the Heller High Mango from Twenty First Amendment. So. Trying to refresh tonight as opposed to get getting blotto, um, but maybe that's for later, who knows.
1: It is still 90 so. degrees in the studio here, so I am not uh, Im- imbibing any kind of imbibations yet.
2: Woo, hello. Yeah, but, uh, we're, we're at about 82, I think, in our abode.
1: I don't, I don't know if you've seen any of the shows yet, but the studio's looking pretty fly.
2: You're looking pretty fly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The background's good. We just finished. Anyway, whatever. We're here to do local news. Um, everybody, make sure you stay tuned for local love this evening. We have a pre-record with Callie Ra, and then we have Patty Kay joining us because, of course, we have Patty Kay joining us in the studio. Uh,
2: what do we got for leading off this evening? Uh, well, th- there's a certain spot in San Jose uh, where you're getting off the freeway, and you're pretty much facing someone's house. And unfortunately, that house, as you might imagine, has been run into a number of times. Um, 23 to be exact, 23 to be exact. Um, and apparently it's been the same owner for a very long time and they just seem to sort of take it as the, you know, ho-hum, this is just the normal order of business, but, uh, this is the story of the 23rd car that's hit the house.
3: Now onto the South Bay, a man says cars have rammed into his home 23 times and he can't get anyone to do anything about it.
1: His well, but what do they want?
3: Jackson Avenue in East San Jose, he's lived there for- oh, days
1: I know where that is.
3: And keeps adding more- I think I know what
1: house it is to too.
3: his home and his family. KPX 5's Sean Chitnis shows us what makes this spot so dangerous.
4: Well, the house shakes. First, you think it's an earthquake. You hear the rumbling. Located across the street from the Jackson Avenue exit of 680, Ray Minter's home is an easy target for careless drivers. How many times has someone come and hit your property? About 23 times. He says since the early About. 1970s, he's seen cars <laughs> miss the street and come into his front yard. Every time we've been hit, we've been home. Recently, it's drivers failing to complete a right turn. The cost adds up with him having to repair the damage and find new ways to keep cars from his house. Four times where they've gone as far as the kitchen. Thankfully, insurance has covered most of the mess created by driver after driver. Minter installed steel poles on his property line, even if the city advises against it. He also has a brick wall with cement poles and heavy rocks to try to keep future cars from coming to the house. That's just more
1: shrapnel to hit the house if the car is going fast enough.
2: Oh, absolutely, or gets shoved into the house, yeah, for for sure. Or maybe a, a ramp to have the car, you know, <laughs> propel to the, to the oh, second floor or through a window. going
4: to surely kill, kill one of us. His house may be the closest to the Jackson exit off of 680, but there are other houses along this street that also have to worry about someone crashing into their property. That, uh, <laughs> this one, that one. Over the years, Minter has tried talking to city and state agencies, asking his elected officials for help, and looked into getting getting a lawyer. He thinks preventing cars from attempting a wide turn coming off the freeway would be one way to reduce the crashes and avoid someone getting hurt. Take out the center lane. No right hand turns from the center. The City of San Jose says it has requested grant money for a project to make changes to the intersection and add a median for this corridor of Jackson Avenue. If approved, the money to start the project would arrive next summer. I mean, where else going to go? I mean, my neighborhood nobody bothers you for now minter isn't losing any sleep well
1: nobody bothers him because they're afraid they might get
2: fucking hit by a car <laughs> no one comes over right like i wouldn't want to hang out 23 times i wouldn't want to even hang out at this guy's place in the living room <laughs> or whatever like you're playing video games and all of a sudden like someone crashes through your <laughs> freaking front door i mean 23 times that's just like uh at some point you know you y- I know you want to do something and sue the city or whatever but like something something else has to has to be done right like that's just a lot i don't know if it's that many though i don't he want to say he's so lying but he's prepared
4: to wake up to another one in his front yard on any given day you
5: don't you don't
4: really think about it i mean you, you listen for car wrecks reporting in san jose sean Chitnes. KPIX 5.
3: Sean tells us Mintner says he's paid more than $30,000 to build those metal barriers that he put up to better protect his home and that every single metal pole has been replaced several times.
2: Let's put the studio there. What's that? Let's put the studio there. Oh, that's, that, that'd be <laughs> fabulous. You want to get some traffic for the shows, right? Um, <laughs> no, I, well, that's kind of ridiculous in and of itself, right? The guy's paid $30,000 to install these metal poles, and they're obviously not working if he's had to replace them multiple times, right? Like, that was my first question was, okay, he had all this stuff. He had these rocks in the poles and all this other crap already before this most recent incident. How did this most recent incident it's even happen Peterson then if he had those court, things going on? Obviously, he's not investing in appropriate or sp- you know, quality barricade materials. Um, They're very easily and very shoddily constructed, very easily, you know, taken out.
1: But I mean, uh, like a, like just a, a, like a full size sedan moving at the kind of speeds you come off of an on, like if you're not making that right turn, you're probably already going too fast. So like just the, the physics of it, like what kind of poles is he supposed to put in there? You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, I I don't know. I don't know. Like there are, uh, you know, city uh not city but government uh, buildings have you know big concrete or metal bollards out right now you know now late, lately now that uh, cars have been used as, as as ramming devices right um in in not just terrorist attacks but just domestic attacks and riots um so there are bollard like if you go to city hall in san jose there are metal bollards or at least what look like metal bollards but they're you know anchored by concrete and they're probably filled with concrete um and they will they allegedly would repel you know a car or a truck that's trying to break through um so you you need to invest maybe a little harder in that stuff if you really want to prevent this stuff but yeah the only people that given that this there's a street right there that folks feed onto bambi um you know it really would be someone who's making that wide right from the center lane and then just going with too much speed off the freeway right and be going out of control and you know, it's that's negligible neg- negligent driving. That's not the city's fault, that's not Caltran's fault, right? They design these these off ramps and the turn lanes to accommodate people who are driving at a reasonable speed, right, and, and obeying the law. Um, if you're coming off and if you're you know had had a couple or you didn't have a couple and you're just coming off the freeway going eighty, right, and you're not slowing down, yeah, you you run the risk of getting out of control and, and sliding out and, and hitting one of these houses. But it's not the city's fault that that's happening so this guy doesn't have much of a case with them or the county or caltrans frankly it's the the drivers at the end of the day
1: yeah this is this is a good story though i feel like the guy kind of has a good attitude about it though you know what i'm saying like he didn't seem he's
2: amazing (laughs) he doesn't
1: seem furious about it you know
2: yeah no he seems totally chill i I, that's what I, i expected the the infuriation because uh typically when you see these stories make the news it's not because you know someone's listening to the police scanner or someone at the city said hey we got a problem here we need to do something about it. it's usually the resident right who's pissed off about something and they're complaining to the to the press and they're getting a story made out of it so i'm surprised like he yeah he's not like frothing at the mouth he's just sort of like oh wow. wow. so I'm, i get the feeling maybe it's like a family member or someone else from the neighborhood that called the the media in but um yeah he seems very like just uh Whatever you recall resigned to it right like yeah you know you like you hear the crash noise and you just hope that they don't get into the kitchen this time
1: (laughs) you're like i'm making (laughs) i'm making a brisket i hope they didn't destroy my brisket right
2: i'm making an etouffee like come on get out of my way that car that
1: car hit my house and then the souffle fell
2: touche you know what an etouffee is um yeah but, uh, but yeah, it's very, very, very chill, dude. So I, I wish that all residents were like this. If if his house really has been struck 23 times by a car, God bless his soul for being so, you know, accommodating and, and friendly about it.
1: All right, well, we're going to move on to our favorite segment. It's winners and losers, where the story is there are no winners, but if somebody happens to win, it's not
2: who you were rooting for. Generally speaking, and definitely not with this first story.
1: Yikes. All right. Well, the Scott Peterson retrial drama wages on and uh, we'll let the local news uh, explain it
3: hey scott peterson was back in court for the closing arguments and his request for a new trial KPI 5s Ann has been monitoring that hearing and joins us with more. Hi, Ann.
6: Yeah, the court actually allowed us to record today's closing arguments. The request for a new trial hinging on whether the defense can prove that a former juror was guilty of misconduct, which they say led to an unfair trial. You're probably aware by now, Peterson was convicted for the murder of his pregnant wife Lacey and their unborn son in Modesto back in 2002. He was sentenced to death in 2005, and then in 2020, the the state Supreme Court tossed out his sentence on grounds that the jury was improperly screened for bias against the death penalty. After that, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Well now his defense is trying to prove that former juror Rochelle Nice lied on her pre-trial questionnaire and was biased against Peterson from the start. They say the issue is that she failed to disclose that she had sought a restraining order back in the year 2000 against her boyfriend's former girlfriend. Peterson's defense says that experience tainted her view as a juror.
7: Let's say, for example, a juror gives a false answer and it's unintentional. We know from Boyette, we know from Enriquez, and we know from Cowan that that's still misconduct. There's actual proof that she went back there, she did what she was instructed by the judge to do, and she reached a verdict
6: nice has maintained that she has no bias in her guilty verdict of peterson the judge is expected to make a decision on a new trial within the next 90 days ryan
2: it goes on any thoughts on this Bruce?
1: i mean it's it's hard to like really have thoughts on this because like it's the this is like such an old old case right like
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 been adjudicated, uh, and the guy is guilty as sin from everything I know. Um, if anything, he's just this is just another example of a convicted criminal just trying to get out on a technicality. Like this it reminds me of OJ, like White OJ almost. Um, but like, uh, but like, why wouldn't you
1: try to get out on a technicality? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's like no problem with like trying to do this. I just think that, just I don't know. I hope I oh, hope no, that. Like I, I hope he doesn't get a new trial, although it's going to be happening here in the Bay Area. And if he does get a new trial, we're going to be all over that motherfucker all
2: over that man interviews and uh, we'll do at least one journalism. Um, but yeah, I know I, I don't blame him or his attorneys, frankly. I mean, I think he's, he's trash, obviously, and his attorneys are trash, but they're doing their job at least. Um, and yeah, you, you follow every, every possible, uh, path to, um, to, you know least resistance for your client right um search so doing their job i blame the system i blame and if they do give them a new trial I, i'll blame the judge and i'll blame uh the jury right um because that's those are the folks that are making the decision so um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens i'm not i would not look forward to it if you got a retrial it would just be a mess that we don't necessarily need but this show would benefit from it i'm sure and, and the sunday show even as well too so
1: up next we got a story where i didn't go in to the facebook comments and talk the shit because i because i just didn't feel like it um there's a story about a club and a bike lane and i just feel like they're like the story leaves out the safety of the people riding their bike to the club (laughs) so uh here it is it's from the local news longtime san francisco club worries a proposed bike lane might hurt their business oh damn
8: a oh, well-known club is worried that a new proposal to create a safer space for bicyclists could put a big dent in their business. As NBC Bay Area's Pete Serratos explains, that business has no issue with safer streets, but wants to make sure the city is balancing priorities.
9: Yeah, I spoke with a business owner in Potrero Hill who says she's all for bike safety, but a protected bike lane in front of her club? Well, that could be bad for business.
2: Uh, bottom of the hill.
10: We're all for people biking and all for them biking safely.
9: Ramona Downey is one of the owners of Bottom of the Hill. The club has played host to its fair share of celebrity bands, including the Bay Area's own Green Day. But Ramona isn't exactly having the time of her life after learning that some local residents are pushing for a protected bike lane in front of her business. That would mean new barriers and less parking in the exact place where club goers are dropped off. And bands unload their equipment.
6: Well, they have drum sets and amps and instruments. Sometimes keyboards, guitars. All of that needs to come through the front door.
2: Then get a loading zone. Talk to the city.
1: Jesus sometimes Christ. keyboards, throwing, throwing keyboardists under the bus.
9: Calling right. for protected bike drummers along several blocks of 17th Street, but Downey worries that a change on her block could seriously hurt her business. The SFMTA is working on improvements to the street, but so far, they say they've got no specific plans regarding this bike lane proposal. Bike advocates say a dedicated lane will provide a lot more safety for riders on this very busy street. Truly
3: adding a physical barrier to separate the person biking from the person who might be in their car.
9: For now, the SFMTA says nothing will happen before a bigger discussion in the fall. Business owners like Ramona, Hope the agency will consider the impact on businesses as well as cyclists. People can bike safely, but the businesses don't have to shutter. In San Francisco, Pete Serratos, NBC Bay Area News.
1: I like. I, I, I sorry, did, go ahead. I like just didn't get into it with people on Facebook because it was in one of the music groups, right? And mm-hmm. they were like, the bicyclists just want everything, and I was like, are you kidding me?
2: I was like, are you fucking what? kidding me? What's the Venn diagram size of, or the the overlap size of the, you know, like for your, for example, yourself, a DJ, music performer, um, and bike bicyclist?
1: You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, most people that I know that are like DJs and performers actually have like a like a SUV, <laughs> so they can carry their shit around. They
2: carry all their shit, right? Like a drummer. I don't know many drummers. that roll around in like a Prius. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we can um, put a lot in a Prius from personal experience.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's more like a matter of like what do what do the people that live in the neighborhood want versus like what does the club want? And I feel like the people in the neighborhood probably like the bike lane. Um, I like protected yeah. bike lanes.
2: Oh, I'm all for protected bike lanes, and I think that the the, the notion that this is going to disrupt their business or cause them to shudder is kind of laughable to me. Um, but this is how you, you this is what you get from some business owners. When, like I said, the, the way it gets on the news is someone gripes, right? So they griped. Um, but their gripe will now be heard, right? And Lennon Breed or whoever the, uh, sorry, (laughs) the mayor, the, uh, the supervisor is for that area. I'm not entirely certain for Potrero Hill. Um, you know, they'll hear this and maybe they'll call them and try to work out some sort of deal around a loading zone or a loading dock for, uh, for musicians, you know, and, uh, great. Good for them. In reality, we all know what's going to happen. Like, you know, just like any other venue like this, where it's in the community, right? It's in the neighborhood. I mean, it's built into a, if you've been to that club, it's built in, it's like a home, right? It's basically like a gutted house, an old uh, Victorian apartment building that's been gutted. Um, And it's now a live music venue with a bar um, and a back patio. Uh, And, in reality, you'll just see bands and and musicians double parking out front and parking on the other side of the bike lane and loading their stuff across the bike lane, right? And maybe blocking the street for a minute. But that's just reality. And that happens at any venue. And neighbors don't like that either because, oh, it it causes traffic or it it, it messes up their commute for five minutes every couple weeks, right? Um, So they don't like that either. So uh, they're facing a double whammy of people liking the bike lanes and also not liking the traffic that the venue already causes um, and thinking that this might cause more. So, you know, can't win <clears throat> can't win either way. I had
1: just like, and there's probably problems with my idea, but what if as you come up to a place where maybe it's a dual use bike lane loading zone and then the cyclists get an alert that that's a possibility where, you know, the bike lanes are green, right? Mm-hmm. And then the green starts to get like uh, choppy. Like lines of green, lines of green, lines of green. And so they know coming up, they might have to avoid, you know, they might be coming up to like where it's a dual use bike lane loading zone. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's feasible or if there's like legalities around that, but I feel like if that was the solution as a cyclist, I would be fine with it.
2: Right. They have that look and feel already, as you know, sort of as you're approaching an intersection, right. When someone, when they have to create space for cars to turn right, right. They'll create like that hashed uh, bike lane um, to say like, Hey, the cars are going to be able to come across the lane here. Um, so they could do a similar thing there for sure. That, that's the thing. At the bottom line, city officials are can be very accommodating and can, and can actually be really flexible. And they're willing to do it, too. Um, it's just that a lot of times they don't get this kind of input until it's after the fact, right? Or, uh, you know, so someone for whatever reason... <laughs> Uh, Whoever is complaining didn't hear about what was coming down the pike until you know it was too late, but they're also going about it the wrong way, like they're going to the press instead of saying, Hmm, let me look up at the city, who do I call to figure this out right now? I'm just going to go to Raj Matai, um, or uh, Uh, so you know, I, I, I feel for them, and at the same time, I don't. It's like you're <laughs> you're just you're raising the flag on the media to, to get what you want, and you probably will get what you want at the end of the day. I mean, who's going to you know, the Bottom of the Hill is a long standing venue, it's been there for a while, um, even. Joe Schlub, me from san jose knows where it is and has been there so um they'll probably get what they want at the end of the day but all for, i'm all for the bike lanes yay for bike lanes
1: so i just figure like the bottom of the hill could get together with a couple cyclist advocacy organizations and have a conversation
2: i okay, can but they can have events together they could have you know p- uh, partnerships around like bike to our bike to our shows right right like like really like it's it, it's not what are they worried about one spot right like one parking spot where you would load and unload in front of the place right or maybe two we can figure that out that's not a big deal right (laughs) um even you could figure that out if you were the the venue owner right like just there probably are parking spaces they're just separated from the bike lane right so make sure you you know put up a barricade or whatever just just gangster put up a barricade in those parking spaces until the bands get there right or let them park there and or load.
1: your original idea just asking the city for like a protected loading zone like that yeah, one that from one eight, to to eight to mid, eight to eight to two a.m or whatever this is now a loading zone and you can't park here right.
2: all right five minute parking
1: you yeah. know um or a yeah, 10 minute parking loading zone or whatever whatever
2: yeah, whatever it takes you don't want to leave whatever your gear team. out on the street whatever it takes for them damn blasted keyboardists to get their blasted keyboards out of their dumb cars <laughs> i love keyboardists they're the best they're the glue of any band if anyone's ever played with a keyboardist throwing that keyboardist under the bus is a lot of fun though it is so much fun um anyway i slap at the base so uh,
1: up next we got community members are concerned over housing for the homeless in the Barryessa district of san jose if you could imagine such a thing
2: Yeah, you know, we really need to do something about, I feel so bad about these homeless people. Uh, We really need to do something to house them and get them support. Um, Can that not be in my neighborhood, though?
11: (laughs) Let me show you what the big concern is. This right here is Noble Avenue, and this lot is where the city's hoping to construct the tiny homes. However, right across the street, we have a daycare center and an elementary school. And further oh. down this way to my left, we have a public library, a park, and then a middle school.
7: Oh, I don't
10: know the type of people that are going to be here. I bet you 5,000 plus have criminal records. We've got a school (laughs) across the street, we've got a library, we've got a school across the ponds over here.
11: This sentiment is shared and publicized on lawns throughout this neighborhood. No
2: homeless tiny
9: house.
11: homeless housing on this park. Residents and city council member David Cohen made it clear at a protest Monday.
9: Our city council had a secret meeting where they passed it to put it over here. We were invited.
11: That issue is now being addressed by the city. Today, the mm. Rules and Open Government Committee heard community concerns and a request from Councilmember Cohen to pause the project for 120 days. The project is a quick-build apartment community. The city is trying to place 1,000 of these units throughout the city or 100 in every district to address the growing homeless crisis. It's economic xenophobia that
10: oh my God, homeless people are going
11: to be in the neighborhood. Sean Cartwright with the San Jose Homeless Coalition says the city has more than 5000 unhoused community members last year she says 250 homeless people died on our streets and this year they've already registered 127 deaths we need tiny homes and pallet shelters all over the city in every district but she also believes the site on noble avenue is questionable setting them in an area where They are doomed to fail because the economic xenophobia of the residents does not allow them to succeed, regardless of how great the plan might be. In San Jose, Stephanie Magallon, NBC Bay Area News. Okay, it's a mess.
1: It is a mess. Thank you. I like that. I like the bad cut there.
2: (laughs) Sean actually made a really good point there at the end. um, She's on this subject quite a bit. She's definitely one of our most vocal and engaged activists. I will not... um, in any way say that she's not engaged and involved in uh, on the ground level um but she can be a little something sometimes but she made a really good point um there that this from the city's point of view i will defend the city staff and 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 i'll defend the city's plans because um at the end of the day they fight so much with what she said exactly what she talked about xenophobia and neighborhoods at neighborhoods that are just going to reject these things outright, no matter where they are, no matter what they look like, no matter who's going to be housed there. It could be families, little babies, right? They, they don't care. Um, from their perspective like that, dude, all of them have criminal records and we can't have these, these people near our schools. Right. Um, so you're dealing with that no matter what. Um, but this, you know, the, the, the I think c- civic and government leaders could be, and officials could be more thoughtful about that, about recognizing that that's going to be an issue and that's going to cause problems. And either having a game plan for how to deal with it, and how to message around it, and and stick to your guns, and and, and keep the sites that you want to have, have, and put these houses where you want to have them, um, or have an alternative and and be ready to go with that um, in case things blow up, uh, because this is this is very predictable. It's incredibly predictable. It's incredibly repetitive. It's boring almost, um, and it's 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 mundanity. Uh, the fact the way this comes up, and council members like the council member from the area right now um, get up in it and get played because they're looking for a solution they're trying to find a compromise right maybe they don't agree 100 with people who say well i just don't want it at all in my neighborhood i don't want these tiny homes or these homeless people near me or my school um, and then there's other folks who say well this is just not the right site and we're using parkland and why aren't we building a park there isn't it supposed to be a park um so bo- both sides you know t- two sides same maybe in the same camp but different arguments right and the council member gets caught up you know, trying to please everybody and then ends up looking pretty bad in the process. So um, we'll see what happens. But the the neighbors are are pissed off. So usually that means council is going to do something. But maybe they'll have another secret meeting.
1: <laughs> so I mean, there's a there's a couple ways um, that <clears throat> folks could deal with this. One, not for nothing, I bet there's a there's a wait list and a vetting process for these for these sites. And I think the maybe the city. And I don't know for I don't know this for a fact. The information might be out there, but the city may not be doing a good, good enough job informing the residents of like, hey, this is our vetting process for these kinds of homes. There, we're not going to be violent criminals here. There's going to be no, nobody with drugs on their on their criminal record here. Yeah. You know, um, and you, you can be, uh, you know, they, they're going to be your neighbors, and uh, we would hope that you could, you could be part of the solution here. We were hoping that you, the good people of this neighborhood, could actually be part of helping these people who we've already vetted that they're not bad you could help them be better we the community vibe here is really good and you know that's a, that's one of the reasons we wanted to put it here because we wanted to you know we want to show these we want to show people that once you get somewhere stable you you can have a community where people have barbecues and and this kind of stuff but the city's yeah. never going to go with that messaging because that's risky
2: you're the second part, they don't. The second part, they they really don't do. The, they do make it. They do actually make it clear up front. Is usually one of the first in the FAQs, right? Is uh, who's going to be here? Who's going to be housed here? How are they vetted? How are they screened? Right? You know what, what are the what are those what um are the rules for them to stay there? Right? Like what what would cause them to be evicted from these these places? Right? How long are they going to be there? Um, those yeah those questions they all answer up front. They don't usually incorporate the messaging you just had, which I think is would be really appropriate and would might be effective. Which is, you know, the you are part of the solution. We we think your our community is amazing and welcoming, and we think you should you you can be too, and that you can help these people become uh a, you know more integrated with the community, um and and hopefully better themselves and get into better situations, so they can you know we can all um have an you know. Uh, A piece of of the dream here together yeah no i I think if we that would be nice to incorporate but you're right they're not gonna they're not gonna go that far um because they also also the folks that tend to you know do the messaging around this tend to be bureaucrats and and officials i'm not saying that to begrudge them in any way they're just not trained communicators they're not trained marketing professionals right like they the city actually today at city council they uh, reviewed contracts for this year with Uh, consultants who do community engagement work right because they generally contract out really robust community engagement programs because the city just doesn't have that in-house they don't have that capability so you end up sometimes with projects that don't have that kind of budget for a consultant and you have a planning director or a planning officer who's not equipped to to do you know mass communications and public engagement doing that work because someone has to do it right um and so you no know, it's no surprise that folks feel underinformed or um, you know underappreciated or that the city's trying to like obfuscate things because it, it sometimes comes off like they are um, because that's what you get when you have a broom full of very concerned residents confronting an official who is not trained in public engagement. Um, you get someone who looks really squirrely and like they're trying to get out of the room and they would like to be anywhere else but that room.
1: <laughs> and I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe they would like to be anywhere else but that room because well, they're.
2: Yeah. It's a, what, do yes. they, what do they say?
1: Tough crowd, huh? Mm-hmm. okay
2: Absolutely. <laughs> that's exactly what's going through their mind. Like you can read that. What I'm saying is like you can read them like a book at that point. They are just, they are like deer in the headlights, like, oh, snap. Like, I don't know what I got myself into. Why did you tell me to do this? <laughs> You're paying me to do this? Not enough. Um, but yeah, so so please be kind to your public servants. So a lot of times they they don't have the answers for the questions you're asking. Unfortunately, they can find them out, but don't don't ring them up if they uh, if they don't have them right away. So our last story name. in winners and losers this week is Facebook. As it always should be, right? Um, and they're always losers. This is uh, this
1: one's this one's especially uh, uncool in my opinion. Well, let's see what happened.
12: Twitter feed. Delete Facebook. This Twitter user saying every woman should delete Facebook right now. Or this. You have no privacy. Hashtag delete Facebook. It comes after the social giant was served a warrant by Nebraska police to hand over direct messages between a mother and daughter. That conversation about taking abortion pills.
13: I think the real story here is the lack of privacy that people have in online spaces. And you don't recognize why you need privacy until it's too late. And I think this story is an example of that.
12: Police got a tip that a then 17-year-old girl got help from her mother to take abortion pills. Police were investigating if that happened and if it happened 20 weeks into the pregnancy or after. Under Nebraska law, enacted before Roe was overturned, Abortion is illegal 20 weeks after an egg is fertilized.
9: Facebook and other social media outlets are frequently served with search warrants in criminal cases. And what Facebook said is we
1: had
14: little recourse but to produce the information because this was a lawful Court order.
12: Police then went to Facebook to look for conversations between mother and daughter. The move that is producing backlash. A spokesperson from Facebook's parent company, Meta, said tonight, nothing in the valid warrants we received from local law enforcement in early June prior to the Supreme Court decision mentioned abortion. The warrants concerned charges related to a criminal investigation and court documents indicate that police at the time were investigating the case of a stillborn baby who was burned and buried, not a decision to have an abortion. Cal State East Bay Professor of Communications and History says this shows everyone's privacy is at risk.
13: Social media is not free. It, it, it costs you your privacy. Uh, you are the product. Uh, you toil away providing data that the platform collects and analyzes with the goal of nudging or predicting your behavior. And this is quite lucrative.
12: Prosecutors are charging them with three felonies and two misdemeanors related to performing an abortion, concealing a body, and providing false information. Cheryl Heard, NBC Bay Area News.
2: Well, that took a very interesting turn.
1: Yeah, I don't know it seems like there's some information missing that they didn't get to us in that news hit because one seems like it's about getting, um, maybe like, a, I don't know what, what sort of pills they were talking about. And the other one seems like a whole ass different story about a stillborn baby that somebody buried. Yeah. So very interesting. It, it, it might be the same story, but the, the, the news hit didn't make it very clear what the fuck was going on.
2: Well, that's par for the course, right? With our local news, as we've you've pointed out before, um, they tend not to ask the question. They tend not to follow up on the lead. They tend not to. They tend to bury the lead, or sometimes even forget about the lead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just left wanting more in this conversation, frankly. Um, and I think it's worth exploring. I don't. I don't know what. Frankly, I don't know what Facebook's privacy. Uh, settings and, and and agreements read about you know your direct messages and your Facebook messages sent on the messenger app right um everyone I think assumes that those are private but at the end of the day it's you know it's it's on an application that's run by another company that's owned by another company and it could you know very well be that those those uh could be made public or could be you know shared at some point you should not assume anything like that right um, whether it's iMessage or anything else so yeah uh, that's
1: that's the thing is like don't have these kinds of conversations on social media at all. Don't have them on Discord. Don't have them on Facebook. I don't care if you think Telegram's encrypted. Don't have them on Telegram. Have these conversations if you can't have them in person. Have them on the good old fashioned fucking telephone.
2: Seriously, fucking dial the number. It's, it's ten digits plus like the the country code. Sometimes it's not that hard. Call your mom. Unless call your somebody's mother, unless, call your mother anyway. Fuck it.
1: Unless someone's Sorry. tapping your phone, there's no recording of it.
2: Right. Yeah. Call your mom. Jesus Christ. You should call your mom anyway. Right. Uh, my mom's a good texter. She's good about, she isn't really on Twitter yet or Facebook messenger, but she's a good texter. So we text a lot, but I definitely call her um, from time to time because I just need to talk to her and make sure that she's you know really okay. And she's not hiding behind the texts. So call your mom. Maybe don't talk about, you know, uh, stillborn babies unless you really have to
1: send a fax somebody in the chat said to send a fax send
2: a fax that's a great idea
1: nobody even nobody even knows that exists so you're probably pretty safe there even the nsa isn't monitoring your
2: faxes yeah i mean telegrams are a different story i think they might actually be able to intercept a telegram
1: so we're gonna move on to get your shit together and this one's bart and i don't think this is really a matter of bart having to get their shit together but i'll maybe say why afterward uh sure This is a story about heat, electricity and an electric train.
0: That's right. You know, when it gets this hot, one of the concerns is Bart's rails. In fact, high temperatures were to blame for a partial derailment about two months ago. Now, today, Bart says everything's running pretty smoothly. But as we head into the week with higher temperatures, it's something they're keeping a close eye on. A forecast calling for days of triple-digit temperatures is sparking more than just concerns over where to find shade. Safety is a main concern. A heat advisory blanketing the Bay Area comes with concerns for one of the Bay Area's biggest public transit providers, BART. In late June, heat warped a rail and triggered a partial derailment between Concord and Pleasant Hill. Some riders say with everything else going on, heat and its possible impact on their commute is the last thing they want to think about
10: quite a high awareness of safety, right? Or any kind of crime. As I, as I take the but I'm pretty like watching out for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't need another thing to be affecting my mind.
0: After the June derailment, BART tells us they implemented a policy to cut their train speeds in half when temps are forecasted to rise above 100 degrees. We asked if BART was cutting speeds today. They say so far, the answer is no.
14: What would make me safer is if they re-engineered the
0: tracks to be able to withstand these higher temperatures. From rail safety to fire danger, extreme heat is radiating concern.
9: Makes it ever more difficult, dangerous for firefighters.
0: Contra Costa Fire explains the combo of heat, low humidity, and dry vegetation as crews on high alert.
9: When those all combine, you have a dangerous situation. So the heat doesn't help, uh, but we already have very
2: dangerous conditions on the ground and we encourage all of our residents to use extreme caution.
0: Now, as you mentioned, this is just the beginning of that heat wave with even hotter temperatures expected tomorrow. We're keeping in touch with BART to see if they plan on slowing down their trains. In Concord, Valina Jones, NBC Bay Area News. Oh, yes. Very important.
1: So one of the reasons every time it's proposed that money be thrown at improving BART in any way, shape or form, the fucking community groups come out and say no. So the guy was like, "They should redo the tracks." He's right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just go look at the average temperature in the seventies or in eighties when most of the BART tracks were built, and fast forward to twenty twenty two and check out the average temperature in just any city, like during the summer, and you'll see, you'll see five ten degree difference, and that may seem like a little bit but th- those are things are built to certain tolerances mm-hmm. and the train the tracks it's just they're not built to get that hot and so like fucking we got to pay for it that's it
2: mm-hmm. and pay for it up front so you do not paying for it on the back end right it's going to cost you ten thousand times as much on the back end when shit fails especially when shit fails right or even if you're replacing it down the road right um you know don't just plan for what you have in front of you and don't just build for what you have in front of you why would you build a building that's going to last for 50 years right um for the conditions that you're seeing today right build it for the conditions you're going to see 50 years from now um or over the course of the 50 years right build it to last to be uh malleable right um not not bendable in the heat like the tracks right but uh the plan should be malleable anyway no i totally agree Plan ahead and do it right the first time. Well, I mean, maybe they did it right the first time, but it ain't right anymore. Well, I've, I do understand, from what I understand, BART, the issues there just go go down to even like the, what do they call it? Not the grade, but the, the tracks, the the width of the tracks that they use um, being not necessarily like standard. Uh, it's like, it's very unique to BART, right? The, the, whatever they use there right the wider Um, the idea
1: was the train could call more ass
2: right and maybe that's true um but what it leads to is when you when they do want to make changes right new car like they just rolled out a bunch of new cars right um it's a a lot more costly because they have to be made basically custom right it's kind of like this similar to you know getting just built-in windows in your house and getting custom windows in your house the the cost goes up quite a bit once you switch over to that custom uh, stuff so Well, uh, maybe not Bart getting their shit together, but maybe just in general, in public works, we need to get our shit together and start spending money to make sure that shit doesn't fail because um, these are the absolutely vital pieces of our transit system. And as much as people in the cars bitch about public transportation and say no one takes public transportation, imagine if Bart failed for a day, like the whole system just failed. Um, Just one day in peak, peak commute, like on a Wednesday. Imagine. Insanity. Even when one, when one car, when one line goes out, it causes a huge uh, problem. Uh, so, yeah, think about it with, think about our lives without public transit, without bike lanes, without light rail, as uh, good or bad or you know useful or uh, not useful <laughs> as the systems are, right? Without them, it would be a god awful mess already. So maybe invest more in them. That's right. That's right.
1: So we're going to move on to down ballot watch. The DA of San Francisco, as everybody recalls, was removed from office via recall. And now it looks like the new DA is uh, doing a little bit of house cleaning, getting rid of uh, maybe some people who were loyal to uh, Chesa Boudin.
2: That and they're the ones who were resigning because they don't want to work for her. The crime in town
9: is a big issue for interim district attorney Brooke Jenkins. She's also dealing with some turmoil inside of her office as well. Assistant DA Alexandra Grainer says she's quitting. She was demoted by Jenkins, a demotion that she calls politically motivated. Now, according to Grainer, Jenkins took her off cases without explanation after she had spent months working on them.
3: And this decision was made by Brooke Jenkins and disregarded the needs of our cases and our client, the people of the state of California.
9: She added that Jenkins is also rolling back oversight and accountability for police officers.
3: Brooke Jenkins other managerial decisions also demonstrate that she is not the the progressive prosecutor that she claims to be. Every single attorney who was investigating and prosecuting police officer cases previously is no longer doing so.
2: Yikes. Yeah. Shit's shit's hitting the fan. We we all knew this was coming, right? Um, and as soon as uh, Chessa was recalled, and then London Breed got to appoint her own pick for successor, and London had not been a fan of Chessa Boudin, so Mayor Breed made a p- pick who was obviously from a different, maybe from the same uh, team or same same league, but not in the same uh, not in the same lineup, shall we say, as as Chesa in terms of progressive uh, uh, prosecutor um, and reformer. So uh, this was bound to happen. And you're kind of seeing the the backlash, right? Like when Chesa came into office and was elected to office, uh, you saw a backlash from prosecutors who had been there, who were part of the establishment and didn't want what he was offering and what he was selling. And they left. Right. And they were the ones that fomented this, the the the, uh, the vitriol that eventually became the recall effort. Um, and they helped, uh, get him recalled and now they're celebrating and coming back and his team and his people who had come in thinking, oh, this is great. We're going to have some real reform and we're going to do great things. They're realizing, well, shit, we're not going to get anything done and we're getting, we're going to get a uh, blackballed anyway. So, um, I'm going to step back and go find a job in the private sector or somewhere else and, <laughs> and wait it out and maybe come back when there's a, a better situation happening.
1: Yep. Here's another, uh, Here's another story about the uh, interim San Francisco district attorney.
2: She's going down well,
7: brief a shakeup of the San Francisco district attorney's office. Assistant DA Alexandra Grainer just announcing that she's resigned from her post and is speaking out against District Attorney Brooke Jenkins. Grainer said she is stepping down after being demoted for political reasons, adding the days after firing 15 attorneys, Jenkins took her off cases she had spent months working on without explanation. Grainer said we can't trust Jenkins to do what's right for the SFDA's office or for San Francisco, not if it comes at the expense of her political power, which we now know is funded quite generously by conservative interest groups. This week, Jenkins came under fire when it was revealed that she was paid more than $100,000 for consulting work with a nonprofit with ties to the Chase of Bodine recall campaign. Jenkins oh. says that organization, Neighbors for a Better San Francisco, has an advocacy arm that supported the recall, and her work was with their nonprofit organization.
2: Oh, okay. At the same time
7: today, Jenkins spoke at an event raising awareness about a 2006 cold case homicide. Our Dalin was there, and he asked her about the assistant DA stepping down, and she told him it wasn't political and that she doesn't want to address it on camera. He also asked Jenkins about the payments that she received.
0: Right now, I, I'd rather stick to the subject at hand. Um, I'm here to, to
3: honor a mother who just buried her child. There will be a time for those questions, but right now,
0: this is about this family.
7: Alexandra Grainer is speaking to KPIX tonight about her resignation, and you can watch that interview tonight. We saw that already.
1: We saw like a we little saw clip of it. Already. We, we saw a little clip of it. Yeah, I mean, like, we kind of thought this is going to happen, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, recalls are, recalls are stupid, but.
2: They are. There's a thing called elections, um, and sure enough, there's an election coming up pretty soon, actually, for, for the A. So, uh, Ms. Jenkins is going to have to defend herself at the polls, and she's got some opponents lining up already, it seems like.
8: Let's take a live look at San Francisco City Hall, where the district attorney's race is heating up tonight. Show off.
2: We have a lot of
1: cameras here now, but fucking show off. You got a city hall camera on
8: the two new candidates
3: vying to unseat the city's
8: brand new top prosecutor.
2: I can get you a city this hall camera. is really
3: starting to take shape, and it could boil down to some very important issues. Showing the off again. to crime and safety mm-hmm. in the city.
2: On Thursday, at our studio. Three, two
3: more people threw their hat into the ring. Former San Francisco Police Commissioner John Hamasaki has criticized Jenkins' Perfect. approach to crack down on drugs in the city. Hamasaki had a contentious relationship with SFPD and fashions himself a progressive who's all in on criminal justice reform. Joe Aliotto Veronese is a civil rights attorney, former police and fire commissioner, and former police officer who insists he brings the right experience to the table.
9: And this is actually getting down and doing the work and, and holding the system accountable on both sides, on the criminal justice side and the safe city side. I'm confident that I can do it. I can I can make people feel safe again in 60 days in San Francisco. And at the same time, we can start to do the real work of rehabilitating the criminal justice system.
3: The new candidacies come just a day after jenkins took heat for being paid more than a hundred thousand dollars for consulting work for a non with ties to a billionaire who bankrolled the recall of former D.H. Boudin. jenkins team pointed out she wasn't paid by the recall campaign directly but her critics say it poses serious ethical questions still some analysts say november's election
14: will hinge on one big issue san francisco's want someone who can figure out how to mitigate some of this petty crime that we see every day usf politics
3: professor james taylor says name id will also be important and that jenkins has an advantage as the incumbent
14: i don't think there's enough of a groundswell amongst progressives to support a candidacy like kamasaki if it was someone with greater rec- name recognition less online baggage, I think people would consolidate behind them just because they offered themselves up as an alternative to Jenkins.
3: Friday is the last day to file paperwork, so we'll have to wait and see if any other major contenders decide to jump in the race. We reached out to Jenkins and Hamasaki for their comment on this story. Jenkins' campaign declined to speak about it. Hamasaki did not get back to us by our deadline. Back to you.
2: And there's Alex Jones. Well, uh, we shall see what comes out of that but uh i don't know i, th- I think the political prognosticator was fairly correct in his assessment james taylor yeah I, the, <clears throat> the singer songwriter
1: yeah i didn't i don't know any of the people who were running but i, I don't live in san francisco either so
2: <clears throat> truth um i i hadn't heard of them either frankly so um but uh, and he's ju- right generally speaking if it, unless it's a, like a household name it's going to be a little difficult um given where things are at right now. And the recall was so recent um, and a success. And this Ms. Jenkins is running on the coattails of that and with the support of the mayor and others. So you know, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle no matter what. Yeah, that's, that's for sure.
1: <clears throat> I, I don't even know what I hope happens. I don't know anything about the other candidates. And uh, this person, the Ms. Jenkins, who is the uh, DA was kind of touting her progressive bona fides uh, prior to all this as was not for nothing london breed if you oh, remember sure. when when we were looking at it was a while back i think it was two or three years ago we were looking at the the candidates for san francisco mayor and i think all of us kind of liked london breed as oh, as the yeah. candidate
2: 100 you know out of the candidates that were there yeah, no 100 and uh you know in san francisco you're always going to tout yourself as a progressive it would be you know ridiculous to do otherwise and and political suicide to do otherwise but there's levels of progressivism and there's uh there are layers and there's there's shades of blue out there um and there's also what you say to get elected and there's what you say once you are elected um and i think we're finding that out about mayor breed um that maybe she's not and this it's not Unique to her. It happens all the time. But uh, perhaps she is not everything that she made herself out to be or that folks made her out to be. Sometimes that's the bigger problem is that we we project a lot onto our elected officials because we want them to be better. We want them to be the best, the best versions of ourselves. Um, so we project a lot on them that even they wouldn't have claimed, but they also don't reject it. Um, Barack Obama is a great example of this. Barack Obama was a centrist. He was an absolute. He was a moderate. He was not some sort of dyed in the wall liberal. Um, even he came into office kind of fudgy on you know a uh, 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 gay union or uh, you know gay marriage, right? Gay marriage, exactly. Sorry, civil union. I was trying to remember what they called it at the time. Civil unions. Without it, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, gay marriage. He was a little a little squishy on it, right? Um, and he evolved, right? Quote unquote. Whatever. Who knows what he actually thought when he thought it? But that's sort of what you, what you get with politicians. Um, uh, so you got to kind of roll with it. So uh, the argument against, like,
1: kind of what you're saying there, from what we would, I'd, who likes to call themselves enlightened centrists on Twitter, that that's a that Venn diagram of people who tend to block me on Twitter is a circle. Um, <laughs> but they would <laughs> say that once you have to govern, the realities of having to govern mean that you can't be as progressive or whatever it is that you that you believed you were going to be um i don't i think that's true i don't i don't really buy that argument um i think you can still advocate for progressive policies even as you're governing even if you have to make uh compromises that aren't as progressive uh as maybe what you wanted um but i wish you know i just wish some of these people would be making the case and going up and going hey i couldn't get this i got this we're going to keep trying to get this other thing that we wanted let's make our rep you know that like make our representatives do it like, uh, not for nothing, like the new deal FDR was basically told people in one of the fireside chats. He's like, listen, there's a lot of, a lot of people against me and you, the people have to make me do this. And I yep. feel like we need more of that FDR energy coming out of the, coming out of the democratic party and out of progressives and, uh, we're not getting it or people are just lying about their progressive bona fides in places like San Francisco to gain political power.
2: I think it's a little bit of both. Right. I think you're I think um, that that interview actually has some merit in that it, it's different, it's different governing versus running for office, right? The question is, you know, who's the real, who's the real you, right? Is it the person who was running and was that died in the world progressive, you know, uh, saying all the, all the good progressive things, right? Um, is it the, what you end up being? as a governing person right or is it somewhere in between right and i think it can be really hard for us to determine that it's, it can be very hard even for the person to determine that and, and to keep their values close to them and, and at the center of everything they do so i i definitely uh, I, I i applaud anyone who takes on this work because it's not easy um but uh it, it's good to be I think self-reflective and introspective from time to time. So I hope that they do think about it. Um, and I do think that Barack Obama thought about it and thinks about it because I've read his books. I know how he, th- I, I, I kind of got an idea of how he thinks. Um, and yeah, he was a lot more thoughtful than that. And he knew, and he was much more progressive than he was able to be as a, as a governor, as a president. Um, but that, that, and that is the reality of governing in a democracy or at least in a representative democracy. And very much so in this country where we are so diverse and we, we tolerate, I would say, opinions that, um are not necessarily uh uh, you know in the best interest of of humanity sometimes but we tolerate them because people are allowed to have their opinions um up to the point of harming other people yeah for sure for sure
1: we'll see what happens we'll see what happens on the on the da i think that the most likely scenario is that the
2: interim da gets reelected, but we'll see anything's possible rank choice voting makes things very interesting
1: fuck yeah and uh, maybe maybe the writing will be on the wall and the progressive uh, the progressive candidates will uh, maybe coalesce around the one who seems to be doing the best. Who knows? Who knows?
2: Anything's possible.
1: So up next, we got a we got a question about whether or not Governor Newsom is going to sign a controversial law about safe injection sites in California for people who are. Addicted to drugs.
9: Is growing yeah, speaking over a bill allowing safe-use drug injection sites to open right here in the Bay Area, and it was just approved by state lawmakers. Supporters or say course, it helps addicts buy time LP, to choose treatment, while opponents uh, call them uh, state-sanctioned people. drug gen- dens. Forbid, Earlier today, a group of opponents pushed for Governor second. Newsom to That's veto that bill.
7: Percent- but the problem is that the usage is only five percent, but that the facilities themselves. Have an extraordinary magnet effect. So the population of people caught in the vice of addiction goes up exponentially. And those people are all out in the neighborhoods adjacent to the facility.
8: Only 5% of users on a regular basis utilize these injection sites. This leaves 95% of users even right either at home or right outside of the doors of these centers.
9: Supporters in San Francisco spoke to KPX 5's Reed Cowan, who has the story of a former addict turned CEO.
10: So this, uh, keep it above me so I can always remember.
13: Vidka Eisen keeps this photo of herself above her desk as boss at HealthRite 360. It was the 1980s, and Vidka was...
10: 25 years old, uh, uh, injection heroin user, addicted to heroin.
13: We wanted to see where her story began as she pushes for safe injection sites for people like she used to be. This is where she took us. This is where it all began.
10: Yeah,
13: it is. Treatment center Walden House.
10: Brings back a lot of memories. I was scared and I was like, I know this is, this place is probably a bunch of BS.
13: But it wasn't BS, as she says. It was treatment and a lifeline. A lifeline, Vitka says, people won't get if they're dead from overdose. Vitka says locking people up is a failed approach.
10: We don't want them to die. We don't, want people to, we don't want to lock people up. because that's failed, that's, it's, that's terrible. So what are we supposed to do? We must reach out and maintain connections with people.
13: Even if it means giving them a safe space to inject?
10: Absolutely. If it, even if it means giving them safe space to use drugs. Absolutely.
13: Why are you unapologetic about that?
10: Because I don't want people to die.
13: And they are dying. A CBS report cited 700 San Franciscans dead from overdose in 2020. Los Angeles County reported a thousand overdose deaths in the same time period. Nationally, overdoses exceeded 100,000 in a one-year period.
10: I get calls from those family members all the time. They'll say, "My brother has been out on the streets. He's homeless. He's been using meth. Can you help me?" Somebody loves them. You don't know. You may not know their name, and you don't know their story. But that person is somebody's beloved child. That person is somebody's beloved sibling. That's somebody's beloved parent.
9: And yesterday, Gavin, Governor Gavin Newsom said he has no comment on a potential decision and has not had time to read that legislation.
2: I think he'll probably sign it. Yeah, we shall see. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I buy that he hasn't had time to read it. I don't buy that no one on his staff has had time to read the legislation. But uh, that's just a stalling tactic. But... He's got it another month, I think. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll bring it to you here on down ballot for sure. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm all for this. Uh, it, it's all about compassion and finding opportunities to connect with people and engage with people. And if you provide spaces like this, you can do that. And you might even be able to reach them um, and get them into some sort of treatment and and and, and find ways um, out of their spiral. Uh, so that, uh, all for this much better to do it in a clean safe environment than out in the streets because you're going to be they're going to be using anyway
1: yeah it works really well in other countries i know like the scandinavian countries in europe do it, and it seems to work really well there
2: yeah and and you hopefully reduce the risk of overdoses and problems um and again you can reach people you, they're coming to you now right and you can f- hopefully find a way to to connect them with services um anyway well moving right along are we are we uh, wrapping it up for the evening um I mean you you and me I are mean, for, but, for for down for down ballot, of <laughs> yeah, course, local, yeah. local love is a whole different story. Yeah, I, we're I not, not we're not like up people against people. it or anything here
1: but uh and mostly lovely. because we have our 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 uh, first uh, thing on local love is actually a wonderful pre-recorded interview the media winch did with Callie Raw. So Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll go ahead and move on to and another thing. This is some great news. I didn't get to attend um mostly because I'm lazy but also because it was fucking a million degrees out not going to the San Jose jazz festival and drinking a bunch of beer in the million degree weather, but it's back and uh, it's friends back. of ours played no and the architects played. So that was great news actually. Cause that's a, it's a big event here in San Francisco or San Francisco in San Jose. And some people who have uh, seeing a, a person who's been in the, been in our studio and played music for just us on the lineup for something like that is just really great.
2: Isn't that tremendous? Yeah. They, I think they are making an effort to reach out to more local artists now um especially as they come back from cope from the covid hiatus right they've the lost a couple of years has not they've not been able to do a real jazz fest downtown so this is one of the marquee events um, that happens in San Jose every year, draws a lot of people here. They spend a lot of money. It's really good for the economy. It's really good for the community. It's really good for our profile nationwide, um, especially in the arts and cultural scene. Um, and also some other events that are coming back that they're going to talk about in this story, but it's just, it's just really good to see. And hopefully like <laughs> uh, I could not get out because I had other, other duties with the bad baby, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting out and, at more events like this as they come back in San Jose, because this is exactly what San Jose is all about is community and diversity and Fun.
11: Now to a live look at downtown San Jose, where businesses are moving forward and getting a big See boost fun. from the return of two big events. Kicking things off the San Jose Jazz Summerfest, as NBC Bay Area's Marianne Favreau reports, this year the event isn't skipping a beat.
2: Ooh, break, you can see
8: downtown San Jose is bustling tonight. An estimated 5,000 people attended the festival, bringing a much needed boost to downtown businesses hit hard by the pandemic. The silence of the pandemic broken with solos and saxophones. We're back to full stream no longer limited by COVID restrictions the San Jose Jazz Summerfest is cranking up the volume with jazz blues and so much more Kevin Sunken has been coming to the festival every year for nearly a decade he's happy to see this year the event is making a big comeback
9: they had more stages than last year and you know
7: it's real fun over at this place The music, I like Charlie Wilson.
8: 20,000 visitors are expected to enjoy the world-class musicians during the festival's three-day run. 12 stages coming alive, launching a new stage for downtown businesses, including here at Mezcal Restaurant.
9: Since we open into we close, it's busy all around. So I would say then, our is about 25-30% more than our regular Fridays and Saturdays. Even we're already busy in those two days. But with this, we pumped things a little more.
8: And restaurants aren't the only ones singing a new tune.
9: People from all over the
2: country, I think about 30 states, foreign countries. come here, they have a great time seeing the
12: hotels.
8: Downtown business owners hope the jazz summer fest will be the beginning of an influx of tourists on tuesday the cinequest film festival kicks off offering in-person events for the first time in two years we have beer and wine garden we have live comedian performances and of course we have the red carpet it's going to be absolutely star-studded all of the in-person fun and festivities are back music to the ears of people wanting to get out and have fun and businesses trying to thrive. In San Jose, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News.
2: Well, there you go. There you go. And didn't Siniclis see, see No
1: and the architects in the video. It was very sad about that. Very, very. I yeah, feel like they chose the video poorly. They need to hire me.
2: Yeah, I think I, it seems like they sent a camera crew out there or a camera person or maybe just the reporter and they shot from like the side of the stage and just like, said, oh, I got some foot- footage of people playing music. So that's enough. That's enough for my story about the music show. On to the next, <laughs> on to the next, on to the next vehicular uh, accident or a pedestrian fatality. Whatever bleeds, whatever bleeds, baby. Or police officer arrested for a DUI. We'll get to that next week on down ballot.
1: Those are great stories, FTP yeah. baby, FTP, and they should, they certainly shouldn't be driving drunk.
2: It's getting worse and worse in San Jose. Apparently, the police department is just rattled with uh with scandals, a scandalo. So uh, we'll we'll get back to it soon. The news has been on it, but we uh we'll get to it hopefully next week.
1: Great. Well, uh, uh, I think I'm going to read tonight out because there's a lot of things going on that you're uh you've been unaware of. So before we before you we can do that, before we do this real quick, um, I just want to thank everybody once again who bought us stuff from our Amazon wish list. We got everything from. Parts for, a, a, parts for the computer that legitimately make it so fast that I could edit video or render video in the background while we're streaming. So, and uh, thanks to Historian Matt for taking care of that. And thanks to people who got mic stands, cables, lights, m- other kinds of lighting equipment, um, curtains for curtains. You'll see Patty K performing in front of a curtain tonight. Um, just odds and ends, knickknacks, mounts for cameras that we've put on the wall just stuff. And I just appreciate it so much. Uh, we did not expect to get that much stuff from people. We expected a few things to maybe get picked off some of the cheaper things, but some of the bigger ticket items got picked off. And, um, I just can't say enough about the community around here. If you only listen to down ballot, you're missing out on a lot of other great stuff. Um, if you're just a pod listener, make sure you check out our other shows, just type echo plex media into your podcatcher. But what we'd really like for you to do is to head on over to twitch.tv slash echo plex media and join the Now Space. Hit up the live shows. You're going to find something you like. You're going to find something you don't like. We've got we've got shows every night. Tomorrow night's probably a show that you're either going to love or you're going to hate. Make sure you don't miss that, because we're going back to the humidor tomorrow night for the yeah. intellectual Dollar Tree. Anyway, this has been Down Ballot. Uh, congratulations to you and the good wife on the bad baby, and um, thank you for making the time tonight. This is Locals by Audible Smoke Signal, and uh, we have to reconfigure a few things, and when we come back, we got a great pre-recorded interview that the Media Wench did with Cali Ra. Thanks again, Councilman. Of course. Thank you. Have a good night. Peace out.
14: Pick up my phone, just to- Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar, and I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are. Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet, It's where I smoke my cigarette, and I hold my drink. I look at all my friends, they're all blazing and green. Here at the front of the stage, waiting for MTV. Where are those guys who's standing next to me with a pipe in his hand, ready to play for me? About five minutes later, we're all singing queen, up in the fuck up on stage, and rock like the scene. Yeah. We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the pain. We do what we want, what we want to do, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the pain. Enjoy. The We're a man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one, and another one Woo! Now just when the magic starts kicking in Now here we left flamin' You now it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it and then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, what we want to do. And what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy the band. The show tonight is down and dirty At five so we're headed outside Just us fuck up another joint now Who's got my light? That's E, of course Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch Being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is is that I don't think logically Stoner E, take you on Psychedelic Odyssey. Now inside, motherfuckers is rocking me, and outside, shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky to roller, you're the sexy groovy be jockin' me. too drunk to fuck, but don't probably do a sloppy. We do what we want. What we wanna do? And what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. The dance band, the band. Enjoy the, 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 the band. We do what we want. And what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Bob Marley said that he like jamming and he hoped he liked jamming too. Well, I gotta say, think you, Bob, we do. Yes, I gotta say, think you, Bob, we Well, Bob Marley said that he like jamming and he hoped sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy the band. We do what we want. And what we want is the jam. So sit back
0: can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.